the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider. I will be en route to New York on Friday, so this week's news segment ends with events of Thursday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. In fact, I will be in St. Patrick's Cathedral on Saturday for a special Mass by Cardinal Timothy Dolan for his mother who died March 12th. I've known the Cardinal for decades and met his wonderful mom a number of times in both Rome and New York, and I knew I had to be there. Stay tuned after the news review for the interview segment when my guest is Anita Cavadid, Directress of the Institute of Higher Studies on Women at the Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. You will learn about the Institute, how it was founded, and the courses and the diploma it offers. Anita also explains the initiative shared with five other pontifical universities and Catholic institutes that explores the specific contribution of women in the life and mission of the Church. It aims to activate processes of mutual collaboration between women and men in ecclesial settings. We also look briefly at the March 7-8 to International Congress on Women Doctors of the Church and Patron Saints of Europe, and we'll explore that at greater length next week. Now, some of the news headlines this week in the Vatican. Sunday, March 13th. This was the ninth anniversary of his election to the papacy, and two days after ending a five-day Lenten retreat, Pope Francis recited the Angelus with an estimated 25,000 faithful in St. Peter's Square. On the war in Ukraine, he exclaimed with passion and to great applause, In the name of God, I ask you, stop this massacre. Brothers and sisters, began Francis, we have just prayed to the Virgin Mary. This weekend, the city that bears her name, Mariupol, has become a city martyred by the ruinous war that is devastating Ukraine. Faced with the barbarism of the killing of children and of innocent and defenseless citizens, there are no strategic reasons that hold up. The only thing to be done is to cease the unacceptable armed aggression before cities are reduced to cemeteries. With an aching heart, said Francis, I add my voice to that of the common people who implore the end of the war. In the name of God, listen to the cry of those who suffer and put an end to the bombings and the attacks. Let there be real and decisive focus on negotiations, and let humanitarian corridors be effective and safe. In the name of God, I ask you, stop this massacre. He then urged, welcoming the many refugees in whom Christ is present, and to give thanks for the great network of solidarity that has formed. Francis underscored that God is only the God of peace. He is not the God of war, and those who support violence profane his name. And then everyone prayed in silence for a moment. Monday, March 14th, Pope Francis met with the Prime Minister of Slovakia, Eduard Heger, to discuss the country's assistance to Ukrainian refugees fleeing the Russian invasion. Also Monday, Pope Francis met with Italian entrepreneurs and industrialists and encouraged them to keep their focus on the big picture of the common good and to use their creativity to build a new global economy that respects human dignity and the environment. The nonprofit association brings together people in the business world who share a mission of promoting a culture of corporate social responsibility 
as well as economic, social, and environmental sustainability. Francis said, if we want to build a better and more humane world, the economy needs to be freer from the power of finance and more concrete and creative in finding forms of production directed by an integral ecology. Tuesday, March 15th, in mid-afternoon, answering journalists who asked if the Pope had received a letter from the mayor of Kiev, Ukraine, asking Francis to come to Kiev, Holy See Press Office Director Matteo Bruni said the Holy Father received the letter from the mayor of the Ukrainian capital and is close to the sufferings of the city, to its people, to those who had to flee from it, and to those called to administer it. Pray the Lord they will be protected from violence. For them and for all, the Pope reiterates the appeal he made last Sunday at the Angelus Prayer. In the face of the barbarism of the killing of children, innocent and defenseless civilians, there are no strategic reasons that hold. It is only necessary to cease the unacceptable armed aggression before it reduces cities to cemeteries. Mayor Vitaly Klitschke's letter said, If a journey to Kiev is not possible, we kindly ask for a joint video conference to be recorded or broadcast live. Efforts will be made to include Ukrainian President Zelensky in this call. Wednesday, March 16th, addressing students from La Zola Vocational School in Milan in St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis prayed for the thousands of Ukrainian children who are living under the bombs, have nothing to eat, are forced to flee their homes, leaving everything behind. Lord Jesus, look at these children, bless them, and protect them. They are the victims of the arrogance of adults. He asked the students of the Institute to turn their thoughts to the many boys and girls who are facing war and are suffering. You have a future ahead, the security of growing up in a peaceful society, and instead these little ones, these very little ones, have to flee from the bombs with all that cold out there. Going from the Basilica to the Paul VI Hall for the weekly general audience, the Holy Father continued his catechesis on the meaning and value of old age, viewed in the light of God's Word. He focused on the vital role of the elderly in handing on to new generations life's true and sustaining values, noting how God entrusted to the elderly Noah the task of restoring the goodness of his creation, which had become corrupted by the spread of violence and weakness. Francis said in our own days, these are the fruits of a materialistic, self-centered, and spiritually empty culture of waste. The elderly, like Noah, can warn us of this danger and remind us of our God-given call to be guardians and stewards of his creation. May Noah's example and prayers inspire our elderly to appreciate this, their special charism, and to help build a new arc of welcome, care, and hope for the future of our world and the dawn of a new creation. At the end of the general audience, the Pope led everyone in a special prayer for an end to the war in Ukraine. The prayer, to which the Pope had made a few additions, was composed by Archbishop Domenico Battaglia of Naples. Thursday, March 17th, Pope Francis had a number of private audiences, including Bishop Stephen Chao Saoyan of Hong Kong, Cardinal Ladaria Ferrer, Prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and Sheikh Muafak Tarif, Supreme Head of the Druze Community in Israel. He also received participants in the general chapter of the Augustinian Recollects. Well, those are the week's highlights through Thursday. Now stay tuned for a Q&A and the interview with Anita Kavadid. 
directress of the Institute of Higher Studies on Women, of Rome's Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. The Q&A today treats the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can you remember what they are? The gifts you learned when you started to study the Catechism? Well, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are named in Isaiah 11, verses 2 and 3. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of fortitude, the Spirit of knowledge and of godliness. And he shall be filled with the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge according to the sight of the eyes, nor reprove according to the hearing of the ears. So, those seven gifts are wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord, awe or wonder. They are found in all Christians who are in a state of grace. We receive them when we are infused with sanctifying grace, the life of God within us, as, for example, when we receive a sacrament worthily. Now, here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about the seven gifts. Wisdom. This is the capacity to love spiritual things more than material ones. Understanding. In understanding, we comprehend how we need to live as followers of Christ. A person with understanding is not confused by the conflicting messages in our culture about the right way to live. The gift of understanding perfects a person's speculative reason in the apprehension of truth. Counsel or right judgment. With the gift of counsel, right judgment, we know the difference between right and wrong, and we choose to do what is right. A person with right judgment avoids sin and lives out the values taught by Jesus. Fortitude, courage. With the gift of fortitude or courage, we overcome our fear and are willing to take risks as a follower of Jesus Christ. A person with courage is willing to stand up for what is right in the sight of God even if it means accepting rejection, verbal abuse, or physical harm. The gift of courage allows people the firmness of mind that is required both in doing good and in enduring evil. Knowledge. With the gift of knowledge, we understand the meaning of God. The gift of knowledge is more than an accumulation of facts. Piety or reverence. With the gift of reverence, sometimes called piety, we have a deep sense of respect for God and the Church. Piety is the gift whereby, at the Holy Spirit's instigation, we pay worship and duty to God as our Father. Now we have the gift of fear of the Lord, wonder and awe. With the gift of fear of the Lord, we are aware of the glory and majesty of God. A person with wonder and awe knows that God is the perfection of all we desire. Perfect knowledge, perfect goodness, perfect power, and perfect love. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it puts our mindset in correct location with respect to God. We are the finite, dependent creatures, and he is the infinite, all-powerful creator. This gift is described by Aquinas as a fear of separating oneself from God. He describes this gift as a filial fear, like a child's fear of offending his father, rather than a servile fear, that is to say, a fear of punishment. Okay, let's review the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and more than that, try to acquire them and live them out daily. The seven gifts are wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord, or awe and wonder. He is honored by the church as a saint and the first diocesan priest to be declared a doctor of the church. 
Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. John of Avila was known to his contemporaries as a spiritual master, and he served as a guide to some of the greatest saints of the 1500s. He also called for true reform in the church and was a role model for the priesthood even today. He died in 1569. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. The EWTN home video highlight for March is Christendom, journey back to a time when Christianity formed every aspect of people's lives. Known as the Age of Christendom, this glorious era produced great achievements in art, music, agriculture, medicine, and science. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. The power of prayer simply means that words have an effect. For example, when a couple says, I do, it literally changes two people to becoming one in marriage. When you say, I love you, it changes us and it gives us value. The power of prayer is in the words and in the sentiment, but it's also in the fact that God, who is omnipotent, all-powerful, answers our prayers. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome my listeners to another special weekend on Vatican Insider, where my guest is Anita Cavadine. And she we are sitting in her office at the Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum in Rome. And she is the directress of the Institute of Higher Studies on Women. I found this to be absolutely fascinating and asked Anita if she would tell us about it. So, Anita, welcome to Vatican Insider. Thanks, Bernadette, for the invitation. Well, now tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and and your path to Rome and to the uh, Regina Apostolorum. Um, first of all, I'm from Colombia, where I, I grew up. And um, when I was uh, 20 years old, I decided to... Um, to be to work as a volunteer in Curitiba in Brazil for a year, and then I I just stayed in Brazil. I studied and and I worked for four years in Rio de Janeiro um, as a pastoral coordinator of the all the pastoral programs in uh, in, um, in the Everest School in Rio de Janeiro, and then uh, I was invited to come to Rome because since I was a little girl I had this inside in my heart about the evangelization of culture. So I got this invitation in 2014 to come to Rome to work at this institute. And so since then, I've been working here and also um, studying philosophy, which I have already finished. So I'm I'm also an anthropologist. Okay, well, that's a fascinating field for sure. And uh, your linguistic abilities are amazing because here you are speaking English. Obviously, your native language would be Spanish. And I'm certainly presuming with your years in Brazil, you learned some Portuguese. Yes. And now you're living in Italy. So I speak Italian, too. <laughs> I, I'm guessing that is right. Well, that is, is pretty amazing. Now, I've spent quite some time on the website. And I've actually been out to the university over the years. I've lived in Rome uh, for, for many different events and, and interviews and I find it fascinating that I didn't know that much about this uh, this Institute of Higher Studies on, on Women. So I want to talk about the amazing just-finished Congress 
on um, women doctors of the church and patron saints of Europe. But first, let's talk about the Institute. So, like, um, when was it founded? Do people have to come here? Is there distance learning available? Um, who was enrolled? Where are they from? Etc. Yeah, the, the Institute was found, founded in 2003 with the idea of promoting women's contrib contribution to society. Society, church, family, all these fields. And uh, through the years, we have created different uh, group uh, research groups. Specifically, well, I think that the most important group, uh, research group is about the um, uh, anthropology of sexual difference, which now w we see it's a um, big, big topic for... I can imagine. Oh, uh, yeah. ...for scholars today. So we're working on that, and we also um, have several publications with this group. Another field we work on is um, women and work. So, and then uh, with this um, group of entrepreneurs that have a, they are really um, conscious about the need of conciliating, conci conciliating uh, life, this like work-life balance okay, topic that it's really important if we want women to to contribute to society and also the parents to be at home and also contribute to society sure. that men and women and this all men and women and alliance I think it's a really important topic today well it, it just to uh, digress but also be related for a minute just a few days ago they uh, Vatican came out with a rescriptum about um, time given to people, m men working in the Vatican yeah. who are fathers, laymen, yeah. you know, giving them a, a little bit of time. It's not very much, but it's uh, before it was zero. So Yeah, and that for me, it's a huge step because... To be at home with the family and yes. actually to understand what the wives, because it's almost of always course. been, not almost, but always and, been and the that's, wives. And that's also a path to a really true equality. Yes. Because... Children need their mother and their father. Absolutely. And also society needs the contribution of both of them. Exactly. So we need, we, yeah, in, in my case, we as scholars, but also the, the, the enterprises and the um, government and, and the government have to work together. Absolutely. To, to get through this. Well, like you said earlier, to balance, to balance yeah, everything. Yeah, the work-life balance sure. is a huge issue today. And you know, Anita, I am pretty sure, I just look back at my own life, that people who are happy are going to make better contributions to society. Oh, that for sure. And so if you have a woman who knows that part of the burden of being a parent is being is shared with the other parent, with the father, um, she's going to be a happier mother, the father's going to be a happier person contributing at home, but then he's also going to be, if, he, if either one of them has an outside-the-home job, they're going to be happier people. If, if you achieve this balance... Yes. And can, it's going to be a bigger contribution for society, I think. Yes, you know. and also the and also special time for for exercising, having you oh, know, sure. outings with friends. I think that all this work life balance, it's a huge um, challenge for us, but it, it's also um, and it's also a, a thing we have to work on. Well, you know, I I have some friends in California. Uh, I met them through a parish when I was uh, living. 
many years ago in California and happily, beautifully married couple, I think it's 55 years or something now, six children. But you know what they've had every single year of their married life? Once a week, they have a date night. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, I mean, Frank, it yeah. doesn't have to be a formal dress and dancing. No, 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 no. And but just having time together. Go out Spending for time pizza. together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think studying all these aspects and getting input from couples and, and, and everything else. And Now, you have a diploma. So explain the diploma. What are the requirements to get it? What would people normally do with the diploma? We... Um, Right now, we're offering two. One, it's a a lower diploma based on the alliance we are trying to promote between men and women. And the other one's a joint diploma between other pontifical with other pontifical universities. Oh, good. With the women, women in the church. And this 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 year we will have the third edition, and the main topic, of course, main women in the church, but. With uh, this synodality oh, thing. Oh, yeah, the Senate coming up, yeah, sure. That we have also to reflect uh, the women's role in all this synodality. So the diploma will take place uh, online. Um, right now we're, um, I think that, yeah, thanks to the um, pandemic period, but also I think it's not uh, a bad thing, it's a good thing that sure. we can offer online and, and distance learning. For people that are not in Rome and that all, and that, that are also very interested in in, our, in, in women and, and, and church sure. issues, so uh, we are offering this course between uh, um, from uh, June the eighteenth to July the first, um, in the afternoon in Rome afternoons yes. and in the um, uh, in the Easter time it will be uh, in the mornings, so um, it's a um, Pontifical diploma, um, with all the you know the pontifical requirements too. Sure. Now I noticed that um, I was going online under the institute, and they talk about the different modules: anthropological. We mentioned that a minute ago. Ecclesiological and mariological, and social historical. Now, Anita, is it uh, does a person? Study each one of those to get the degree. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's um, it's a whole. We need to. Um, like for me, the anthropological module are gives gives you the basis, but there are also social historical issues that we get to know in order to uh, understand other some problems. And as we we were saying before. Um, this socio-historical module explains to us also cultural issues that are very important in order to understand um, women in different places and that and in, in which way can they contrib- contribute to their own churches and sure. also uh, the ecclesiological I think that will give light to much of the problems and that it is basically the, um, basically it calls us to return to our baptism. Yes, exactly. And so, uh, I, I think the uh, certainly one of the interesting aspects has to be the, the cultural, the social, historical. I mean, if you look at Africa, you look at uh, 
Western Europe, you look at America, you look at Asia, you have such different cultures. Yes. And, and where values can even change more rapidly, in, like in a Western culture, than they might in an African culture or in, or in an Asian culture. So yes. For example, for us in, in the Western world, and specifically here in Europe, there are some issues that for, that for us are just, you, you don't think about it anymore. But in but but you go to Asia to Africa, yeah, and education for women it's a very important issue for us. It's normal that yeah. women go to the to school yeah. to universities get get PhDs. That's yeah. not a problem for us. Right it's now. part of life. Yeah, yeah. But for example, for Africa, Latin America, yes, it's not it's not that it's not a given. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that that part of it has to be fascinating. Now, um, how many years does it take to you know have all these different courses and acquire the diploma? Right now, this this joint diploma is just uh, for this uh, two weeks concentrated uh, course. But during the year, we offer some um, webinars. To deepen the oh, the, the, okay. the yeah the contents that were given, for example, last year, um, after the um, the edition, we also in November gave a, a we made a webinar on how to deepen the alliance between men and women in the church. Okay, then in May uh, after the um, Spiritus Dominus, um, this motto this spoke motto proprio about oh sure about the um, Canon 230, we also um, offered a webinar to give some clarity on some of the issues that were, sure. that, were that emerged, to um, listen to different scholars about it. So, uh, so I think that uh, the base, the basis, uh, the base is given in, in this two-week course, but we also offer webinars to, to deepen the so when we say diploma, though, it's not like the diploma I received from my university at the end of four years. No, it's no. a it's, it's a um, special course given oh, okay. uh, with with the help of other five pontifical universities. Oh, all right. Because I was thinking it was a multi-year course, at the end of which people would go out maybe that, become teachers or work in a diocese or yeah. That I I would love that someday. Okay, and 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 I think that for me it's um it's a challenge, and and I know we will get there. But right now we're working on it, and uh, we will need to develop it uh, a, a little bit more so we can make, for example, a two-year, two or three years course. Well, that's all the time we have today with Anita Cavadid, directress of the Institute of Higher Studies on Women at the Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. But come back next week when we talk about the March 7th and 8th International Congress on Women Doctors of the Church and Patron Saints of Europe, as well as Anita's dream for the Institute of Higher Studies on Women to become a faculty. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.